0: Sitting down with uh, Justin Johnson. He is the head coach of UC Riverside Baseball. Uh, JJ, hey, I appreciate you sitting down with me, taking some time out of your day. Uh, first question, how does it feel to have those two words in front of your name? I know you've been a head coach before, but uh, this is the first time at the D1 level for you.
1: Uh, I'm very appreciative uh, for the opportunity and you know, excited to just continue to move this Team in this program and the trajectory that Coach Percival and myself uh, had it going with the rest of our coaches. So excited for the opportunity uh, just to continue to be part of it and be able to coach these guys that I helped recruit the majority of them, if not all of them. Uh, is is really exciting.
0: Take me through when you found out. I think I I for me it was surprised that Troy resigned. It wasn't a shock per se. But the timing of it, obviously, with everything that's going on with the the pandemic and, and you know and everything, the slowdown in terms of your guys' workouts. When did you hear? Did was Troy was the one? Did was Troy the one that told you? How did you hear about it? Where were you?
1: Yeah, Troy told me. Um, you know, Troy's great about communicating with us. Once uh, Cole got drafted, uh, as, as, you know, as a free agent, basically signed as a free agent. Then uh Troy started talking about it a little bit more, knowing that the pandemic uh, and all the things that we were going to have to go through, and, and really he just wanted to get out there his His daughter's a senior in high school. hopefully it will work out that he'll get to go watch her play volleyball, which he wanted to and and then be able to have the freedom to go watch Cole whenever he gets sent out to spring training. Uh, but yeah, Troy was keeping me posted and when he decided that hey i'm going I'm going to step down and resign, he let me
0: know. And, I mean, you've told me privately how much he has meant to your career. Obviously, now he puts you in a position uh, to take over the reins of this team and move them forward. What were your feelings? I know you worked with Troy a long time. Give me a little bit in terms of your feelings of what it was like to work with him and what you hope to do now that you've taken the reins from him.
1: Like you said, obviously, I owe him uh, a ton. I, I can't even tell you how much I owe him by bringing me in as a director of operations to a volunteer, to the head assistant recruiting coordinator and now you know basically helped me get the the head job and and set it up for me I can't thank him enough working with Troy was outstanding I mean anytime that you're working with somebody who played in the big leagues for 20 years I basically was like a player to be honest with you I was picking his brain all the time so I've learned a a ton from him and going forward you know I'll be utilizing all that stuff I learned from him daily so you know I I can't thank him enough and, and working with him was outstanding.
0: As smooth as the transition is going to be, obviously you're loyal to your old boss, but you know he was a pitcher, you were a position player. There are going to be some differences in philosophy. What's the Justin Johnson coaching philosophy? What kind of players are you looking for? And what kind of baseball can we expect at the Plex in 2021?
1: Well, even though he was a pitcher, I think we agree You know, kind of how you win, uh, whether you're in college or at the professional level. Uh, pitching and defense is going to win championships, as they say. So we're going to uh, still the guys that we recruited. Uh, we're still going to be recruiting pitchers. get the best pitchers we possibly can. Uh, athletic guys in the infield and outfield that, that can do a lot of different things. Uh, that's We're not going to change much. I mean, I was already running the offense. Troy gave me the range to run the offense. And Like I said, I recruited the majority of the guys who are here already. So the guys that we have here, the guys I wanted here, the guys that he wanted here. So we're not going to have much uh, – Different philosophy, obviously, like you said, he was the pitching guy. I'm bringing in a new pitching coach. So it'll be kind of how he wants to, you know, work work things as far as bullpens and starters and whatnot. I'll be having discussions with him. So that part may look a little bit different than how Troy ran it. But other than that, as far as the team and what kind of baseball you can expect, you can expect, you know, the exact same kind of UC Riverside baseball team. We're going to go out there and give everything we've got and play, you know, put our heart and soul out there and, and leave it on the field at the end of the day, if we're good enough, great. If we're not, you know what, we'll be prepared and, and make some adjustments get ready for the next day. So not much is going to change on my philosophy compared to his and, and how hard we're going to play. That's what we're going to uh, make sure we focus on.
0: Can we talk about the pitching coach yet, or do you have to publicize that first?
1: Uh, it has to be publicized first. Uh, today, I think they're going to fly the job today.
0: Okay. okay. What I was told. So you are going to have a pitching coach. How about the remainder of the staff? I know – Michael Ferris has come on board, and I guess Coach Smith is back as well, correct? Yeah, so Michael
1: Ferris will be our volunteer. He played for us, I want to say, three, four years ago. Time goes so fast, don't quote me on the exact years. was a great third baseman for us. He's going to be our infield coach and our volunteer. Curtis Smith will still be back as our hitting instructor uh, and, and will probably be coaching first base this year. And our director of operations is still Cody Yates, so none of that's going to change we will be bringing in a, a new pitching coach here in the next
0: couple of weeks. So the, your, your role changes and you mentioned you were really active in recruiting, um, game day. Are you a guy, JJ, that's good at delegating? Cause you're going to have to delegate now. Uh, I know Troy really delegated well in terms of each of you guys had a role. How is that breakdown for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be right. No one's going to be able to do this job on their own and, Again, things I learned from Troy. He did a great job of delegating, and that's what I'm going to have to do. So Curtis is the hitting instructor. Uh, game day, that's going to be that. Whoever we have as our uh, pitching coach will be hands-on. He's going to basically be running all the pitching operations. We'll be having discussions when it's obviously time to, should we pull this guy, should we not? I'm going to have my input, but he's going to be doing all the pitching stuff. And uh, Curtis, like you said, is the hitting guy, and then Michael Ferris is going to be the infield guy where he's going to have to do his preparation, and we'll obviously talk as a unit and as a coaching staff and set up game plans together, but, hey, what he's, prepar- you know, in preparation, where this guy should play, where he should not. And the good thing about Michael Ferris is he's played here. Like I said, he played third base in the Big West. He understands the teams we're going to play, like, hey, we need to move the, the third baseman in or this guy over for possible bunt situation slash all the uh, kind of baseball that the Big West plays.
0: What was it like for you coming in and transitioning? I know you would coached a long time. I know, uh, you know, the D3, JC high school levels. What was the transition like, JJ, when you first joined Troy's staff as the director of ops coming into the Big West?
1: I mean, it's a huge transition. I mean, before that, I was the head coach at St. Catherine College, it was NAIA school, and to come into Division one, and, and to be honest with you, besides Curtis and Coach Lozano, Andy, and then uh, Troy, the rest of us, Bryce and myself, we had never worked with Troy, so we didn't know exactly what he expected, so that first year was a huge transition as far as just learning what Coach Personal wanted, how he wanted things done, and then year two, three, and four obviously became smoother that he trusted us and knew that we were going to be teaching exactly what he wanted and how he wanted it taught, so the transition was huge, and then coming into the Big West, just seeing the speed, the Division I uh, level and and kind of how teams play. Like, we played a lot of non-conference teams, and then when you get to the Big West, how they play, and different brand of baseball that we play here in the Big West, which is really heavy on pitching and defense. So, you know, it was a huge transition uh, when we first got in here, and I I think you can tell that by our – even turning our roster over was a huge transition and getting the guys in that Coach Percival wanted. So it took us a couple years, and I think after that we got going on the right – trajectory, and I'm just going to continue to try to push us in that direction.
0: I know last year hurt because you guys were playing so well. Um, You know, you start off 0-4, but the caveat there is the first three games you're playing at UCLA, who's a top-10 team, but you won nine of your last 12, and I said this on the air, and I really believed it, there was a vibe to last year's group. You know, there was just a vibe to last year's group where somebody was going to get the hit, Somebody was going to make a play. It was a lot of different guys that were making plays and getting hits last year. Um, so take me through, you know, and I talked to a couple of the players about it. I talked to Travis and I've talked to uh, Grineo about it. When you guys find out that the season's over, what's what's the feeling for you, JJ? I
1: think all of us were pretty much in shock at the beginning. I, I tell you the, what happened that day, I was eating breakfast with my wife and my dad, who was down from Montana, we were getting ready to head out at noon to go to Bakersfield, and I'm eating breakfast. And all of a sudden, Twitter's blowing up about this conference is canceling the season, that conference. And then once I saw the Pac-12 canceled it, you knew we were next. And then it came down that the Big West did. So we had a we were meeting at the field at, to leave anyways at twelve o'clock, like I said. So we met in the locker room uh, and just told the guys that hey, obviously the season has been canceled. Uh, Make sure you're taking care of your schoolwork. Obviously, the feelings were, like you said, we felt great about our baseball team. We were excited to go to Bakersfield. And the week after that, we were going to start conference. So we were, we were ready to go. I think we caught our stride and we were excited for not only the Bakersfield series, but then to get conference started to kind of show people what we really had last year. And it was a little heartbreaking, but it was heartbreaking for everybody. Let's be honest. Everybody across the landscape of NCAA Division One baseball, you know, it, it was rough. It was a little tough.
0: Uh, losing Cole, obviously, you know we wish him well. I mean, he deserves it. He's, he's I think, he's going to have a lot of success in the pros. But obviously, that's a big hole for you guys to lose. You know, you've had to play without him. You know, two years ago, you had to play without him, and that was really rough for you guys. I, I just looking at the roster, and we've talked about this. You guys are obviously a little bit better equipped now in terms of depth on the pitching staff. And I know you always want to be deeper, but you're probably better equipped now to deal with losing him than you were a couple of years ago. Correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's never easy to lose your Friday guy. Again, we wish Cole well, and we're super excited for him and the opportunities that he has with the Dodgers. Uh, I do be- believe that this is the deepest team we've had, pitching staff-wise and just the whole roster. So I guess we are a little bit more adapt, but when you lose your Friday guy, I guess the best part for us, Gasol, to be honest with you, is we didn't lose Cole at going into, like, say, conference, and you had him all non-conference, and now you have to make that adjustment. He's not coming through that door, and we know that. So starting the season, whenever we start and be able to practice, we're not like, man, what could we have been with him? We know that he's not on this roster. So going forward, uh, whoever wins that Friday, Saturday job, hopefully they'll stay healthy and we will roll for the whole year. So I think it's a benefit for us that it didn't happen because of an injury or something uh, during the year where this is the roster we have going forward with this year.
0: How do you feel pitching wise coming into this year? I know you know you get Grenillo back. I know Jacobs is back, Hafar, and you got some big arms, you know, in the bullpen as well. Uh, that's what I thought was one of the big jumps for you guys from 2019 to 2020. Is the pitching staff really matured, and you added some talent in there, and it all kind of came together.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's what we. The best part. Uh, of our team this year, like I said, is that I mean, we're going to have who's going to win the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the weekend jobs. We have Jacobs back. We have a We have Laxman who didn't get a throw a pitch for us last year. Those guys are, you know, Abbott really was hurt last year. They started coming back right at the end. And now with Lachman didn't throw one pitch for us. We expect a lot out of him. Uh, Petrovic didn't throw one pitch for us last year in our nine games. So our 16 games, excuse me. So even though last year got cut short, that was we were looking to get those guys back. That's why we really felt great about our team, and that's why I feel good about this team. We have the depth. Guys that don't win the weekend jobs are not going to fill into that bullpen and either be long relievers or back into of the bullpen. We do have Gernio, who we who's our closer. There's no doubt about that. We're super excited about him and even the progress he's made. We have Riley Ole, Petrovic. Like I said, seventh, eighth inning guys. Uh, we have some new guys coming in. Frazier, who is an Oregon guy who bounced back to Mount Sack that we got and it's some freshmen that we really like. So the bullpen and the whole roster depth we really we really like it, the pitching staff. I feel comfortable with our guys and excited about this year.
0: You know, as disappointed as you were in losing last season, I guess the plus if you if you want to look you know, if you want to look at a cloud and find the silver lining is a couple of guys that you thought weren't going to be back, you know, wouldn't have been back this year are now able to come back. And your lineup now looks a little bit better, and it looks experienced. You have a couple, you have guys now who have at-bats under their belt. You're not having to rely on newbies to kind of come on in and fill key roles. You're going to have five or six guys in that starting lineup, Coach, uh, be able to pencil them in this year.
1: Our lineup, to be honest with you, is going to be very similar to last year because of that. You know, we were fortunate enough, like you said, that there's going to be a silver lining to the whole losing a season to COVID. Travis Boho, our leadoff hitter, center fielder, is back. You know, we were going to lose that. Now we got our leadoff guy penciled in. Uh, so, yeah, then the lineup after that with Pofek and Oric and Shanks and, and Webb, those guys just that we had last year are pretty much the same guys. We will have some obviously newer guys in the middle of the infield that are going to have to come in and step in, and we're going to expect them to, to fill the voids that we lost. But uh, we're excited with our lineup, and I, I think, like I said before, we we definitely have the depth where – If one guy isn't getting it done, we we brought in uh, Eli Stewart, who's a Juco guy, to play second and and possibly third base. We're going to get Webb a little bit on the mound this year. So we're going to have the depth to be able to move some guys around in our lineup. We'll be really good, I think. The problem with this year, to be honest with you, is normally when you're saying you have experienced guys, Gasol, where you can count on them. The problem is our guys have lost, obviously, the end of last year. We didn't have any summer ball for the most part for our guys, and now we haven't had a fall. So to be able to say that these guys are kind of locked in and, and settled in, in into a lineup, we just got to see what guys are looking like, because we haven't seen them in nine months as far as playing. They haven't played baseball in nine months, most of our guys. So that's a big question mark. But we're excited.
0: Yeah, that's a huge challenge, and I know, I mean, have you guys gotten the go-ahead yet as far as workouts, or are you are still waiting on that, Coach?
1: We're still waiting on that. We had meetings actually yesterday and now today, and uh, they're trying to get approval from up top, but everybody's doing the best they can and, and trying to get us on the field. Uh, Tony and the training and and our, you know, obviously Wes is our new been uh, announced as the new interim athletic director and Michael Bole is an assistant athletic director and they're doing the best they can to to do everything to get us on the field as soon as we can. So this time of year, you know, with COVID, this time of world that we're living in right now, we just have to be very flexible and control what we can control and be ready when we're ready to get, uh, allowed to go.
0: One of the big improvements last year for you guys was on the defensive side. The middle infield was solid, and the outfield has really been an embarrassment of riches. I mean, you guys have been really good in the outfield defensively for a couple of years now. Uh, you mentioned the three, you got all three guys back. You mentioned Bohal coming back. So now your three starters are back, but you got some guys behind them, coach, that can maybe push for some playing time. Now, I thought Pena did a great job in what I saw from him last year.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a set uh, starting outfield for the most part with Pofek, Bohol, and Oric. You're going to see Jacob Shanks probably play some outfield this year, really athletic, young man who can catch, play first base. We even put him at second base a little last year. He'll probably play more outfield this year just to get that bat in the lineup without having to just plug him into a DH spot. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have, again, the, the depth is key. We have Gerber back from last year, Russo. Uh, as, as you said about Pena. So we're, we're excited about, you know, the outfield, the infield. You, we have That's where we're going to have a lot of young guys uh, up the middle. Last year we lost some guys up the middle. We're going to have three freshman infielders that are going to compete for the two spots up the middle. And then we'll have, like I said, a JUCO guy, Eli Stewart, who's coming in who will be competing for second and, and with third base as well. So we will definitely have a lot of competition and, and push each other get better every single day and and for playing time like you said
0: how does the catching position shake out
1: yeah so Ethan Payne is back we have Jacob Chance and Taylor Juline that are back so three of those guys are back and then we've actually added Mason Grace who's a freshman who we're really high on so we'll see how it works out again some of these conversations are a little different because we haven't had a fall so I can't give you how they all look but as far as bringing back they're there uh we expect Ethan and Jacob and uh, taylor do the majority of the catching but we again we have mason grace who we're really high on and we'll see who wins that spot we do know with having multiple catchers that's why i do want to get jacob in the outfield not only to be able to show kind of his worth not only to our team but to pro scouts and whatnot that this young man is capable of not only catching but has the athletic ability to go out there and play outfield definitely helps his stock and helps our baseball team so that's what we have with catching and uh we're excited
0: are hey, you are you still going to kind of handle the outfielders, coach?
1: Uh, we have Coach Lozano who will be working with the outfield, and, and Curtis helps the, uh, really works with the outfield the most. I'll probably you know help out whenever I can here and there. Uh, maybe run some drills when Curtis is hitting in a cage and everybody's doing individual drills. I probably will, but more more importantly, like you said, it's pretty much all the spots have been delegated, and I'll be over just seeing the operation.
0: Uh, what what is the main thing for a UCR fan? You know, when Justin Johnson coaches a team, what uh, what can we expect from you? Is there going to be any? I mean, I, you know, I'm guessing it'll be similar, but there might be some subtle differences.
1: More similarities, to be honest with you, Gasol. We're going to play hard. You know, put the best foot forward out every single day we can. We'll put the best nine guys in the field and play as hard as we can. Uh, and we'll utilize our our bench because we are deep and you know, get hopefully great starting pitching and use the depth in the bullpen to get to Granillo. So I don't know if there'll be too many differences. Like I said before, Coach Percival already let me run the offense. So the offense that we're running is pretty much what we're going to be running. I've been running it. And then pitching-wise, uh, we'll see whatever little differences our new pitching coach may have that may look different to the the fan that Coach Percival had. So that part you may see a few differences, but, but not too much. Everything else is pretty much, I think, going to look the same with everybody on the staff being back except for Coach all and then us adding a new pitching coach. Uh,
0: are, do you like to run? You like have got, I know you like having speed. Do you like to run? Uh, you know, College baseball is a little different than the pro game. Do you like to put guys in motion, hit and run, steal some bases a little bit, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I like to
1: put pressure on the opponent. Uh, it would be great if we had nine bowl halls where they could all steal and run. So, uh, obviously – The player's going to dictate, you know, if I get Bull Hall on, we're going to try to run him as much as we possibly can. Putting guys in motion and putting pressure on our opponent is key. Obviously, when we play these teams in the Big West and even our non-conference opponents who are really good, they're trying to put pressure on us. We definitely want to try to apply the pressure on them when we're on offense. We don't have the Connor Cannons and the Dean Millers that we had a few years ago to sit around and bash. So, obviously, every year in your roster is going to dictate what kind of coach you need to be. You you can't just say, hey, we're going to be the team that waits around for the three-run homer when you lost those guys two years ago, which are 32 home runs. You've got to adapt what kind of team team roster do you have now. We have more of an athletic roster, so we'll run, put guys in motion, be able to hit and run. I'm I'm pretty much in the belief that Coach Percival was. I'm not going to bunt as soon as I get off the bus, but there's definitely a time and a place that we have to get a bunt down in a big situation that we'll be able to do that.
0: So we're about a month away, I mean, a little more than a month away from the season starting, and you guys obviously haven't worked out. And you know, you have no control over that. So I don't you know, you don't want to worry about that too much. But I'm guessing that I mean I, and I talked to a couple of the guys, they have their own kind of workouts they're dealing with, particularly in terms of the pitchers, uh, to get keep the arms in shape or at least try to start getting them in shape, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've told these guys we, we originally planned on possibly coming back to January 4th. That was everybody's goal and hope. And I know, again, our administration uh, from our athletic director and assistant athletic directors put together a plan for us to come back actually on the 11th, which was Monday, and that didn't happen yet. So uh, we've told our guys to be ready. You know, when we come back, it can't be like the normal fall where we come back and we slow you get into the process. You, you need to be adults. Take care of yourself. This is your career as well. So you need to make sure you're throwing on the side, finding a place to take hacks uh, for pitchers. Find, you know, somebody to play catch with. If you can find a catcher to throw either a flat ground or a bullpen, be ready so that when we do come back, when we get the go-ahead, whether it be this next Monday or whenever, that you have actually been working out and you're prepared to, you know, go at a little bit of a rapid pace. Because as of now, five weeks from Friday is – February nineteenth, which is our opener against Washington State, we have to be prepared.
0: Um, You know, obviously, it's just it's difficult because you're kind of waiting. You're sitting and waiting, and you know some teams have been able to practice, others haven't. Uh, Or is 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 there a league wide uh, is there a league wide uh, moratorium on practice, or does it just depend on where you are uh, geographically?
1: No, there's teams that are going to practice that have actually, I believe, started practicing last week from what I've talked to some of the coaches. And then there's some that have already been told they won't be able to practice till earliest February. And then there's a few of us in the middle that are just trying to get on the field uh, as soon as we possibly can. So everybody, I think, is in, their, in a different you know, area as far as some practicing, some not practicing, some of us trying to get out there. But but again, honestly, Gasol, like I tell the players, control what we can control. Be ready when it's time to go. There's no excuses. There's people worse off than us that, that won't be able to practice and play any games possibly till March nineteenth uh, when conference starts. We we're hoping still to be able to play February nineteenth and you know, our start the season on where we're supposed to. So some people have it better than us, you could say, some people have it worse. Control what we can control and just be prepared when we're allowed to go out there and work hard and be ready to go.
0: I mean, so you expect the season to start on time on February 19th and then just rock and roll from there?
1: We're going to be prepared to do that. Now, granted, obviously, if we keep getting pushed back, uh, I've had discussions with our athletic director and assistant athletic directors and trainers about you have to have so many meets to be able to prepare your pitchers. They need about six weeks. That's the reason the big leagues have spring training, So, and they go back early and report early. So I, I've expressed that to them. We're not going to rush anything if we can't get on the field till a certain date uh, and get people injured. But yeah, we uh, as we've told the guys, be prepared to ready to go as soon as we get here. That that's the goal is to be prepared uh, physically, mentally, ready to play a game February nineteenth.
0: You know the tough thing. I mean, just in terms of basketball, it's been so touch and go. You know, one game gets canceled, they schedule another game. You know, with fits and starts. Um, in terms of the schedule, and you guys haven't published a schedule yet, I know you have a schedule. Obviously the goal is to play the schedule that's laid out, but there, there are going to be some challenges in there. As far as baseball, because you're traveling so many more guys, what are the precautions or what are some of the provisions that are being taken, either by you guys or just kind of what you're being told overall by the NCAA and the league, uh, in terms of to maintain you know the integrity of that schedule? So first of all, we're
1: waiting to hear we haven't heard anything from the big West yet, as far as whether our schedule can stay the same that we do have, or if it's going to be changed at all or modified. Once we hear from there, then obviously, again, we'll adjust. You know, we're not oblivious to what's going on in the world with basketball and football and even pro sports where there's people that obviously catch COVID and we have to be shut down. And like you said, games get canceled. It's happened to all the schools that are pretty much in our conference that I know of, but it's happened to our school. Um, so we're aware of that. We understand, uh, the precautions. Our, our athletic trainer is doing an outstanding job, Tony and his staff. They're doing everything they can to make sure that we're tested properly, that we have been conveying as much as we possibly can to the student athlete about, we understand that we're all kind of in the same area, but really stay away from each other as much as possible. Don't hang out like they normally do on weekends and gather as a team. We have to be smart with this if we want to have a chance. Uh, So I know it's a really tough ask of the student-athlete, but our student-athletes are amazing and they can adapt to anything. I truly believe that. And when we do have setbacks because it's going to happen, you know, let's just be honest, it's more likely going to happen, then we just have to be able to adapt and, again, control we can control. Whether it's us or because of another school, if something happens and we can't play, then, hey, we can't play that game. Adapt, be ready for the next that you can control when that game actually does happen be ready and prepared mentally and physically to play it don't be like oh we weren't prepared because we didn't think we were going to play that's a bunch of bs be ready to play at any moment and understand that things are going to happen that could change the schedule uh our practice whatever we we just have to be prepared to, to go when it's time to go and be cautious it's covid world it's different
0: Shout out to Tony Ontiveros, obviously, who is the uh, Director of Sports Medicine at E.C. Riverside. Uh, he's a great professional, great guy. I got a chance to work with him some years ago, and and uh, he does a great job, And as does the entire sports medicine staff there with the Highlanders.
1: Yeah, Tony's done a great job, and our, our trainer, uh, Adiana, does an amazing job, and we're just trying to do everything we can, work with them, work with campus, uh, and and try to navigate through all the the loophole, the CDC guidelines and all the different things and the tests uh, to get us back on the field. They're doing a great job to, to try to get us on the field as fast as they can. We appreciate all their hard work and we need to do our part in making sure that we're being smart and trying to stay healthy so that when we do get the clearance to practice that we are hopefully getting negative tests and be prepared to, to play.
0: You know, I, I want to kind of turn the turn the corner a little bit here, uh, Coach. Talking to Justin Johnson, the new head coach at UC Riverside, taking over for Troy Percival. Let's go back to your background a little bit. Now you're a local guy. Um, you played high school at Diamond Bar, correct?
1: Yeah, played high school at Diamond Bar. Was drafted by the Blue Jays, did not accept it, and ended up playing a couple years for uh, Mavs at Mount SAC. Now they named the field after him. So pretty local, I guess. Not quite the IE Diamond Bar, but local.
0: Um, give me give me a little bit on your coaching journey. You, you mentioned St. Catharines. I know you were a coach at Caltech, and that was kind of a unique experience for you. Um, maybe not in the greatest way in terms of their one loss record, but I remember talking to you, and, and you you have real fond memories of your time there, correct?
1: Yeah, after high school coaching there, the first job I had in college was coaching at Caltech. I'm very grateful uh, to have that opportunity. The best thing about uh, Caltech is, I think, before probably when I was a high school coach. To be honest with you, i was still more kind of I'm led by almost kind of being the captain type of leadership. When I went to Caltech, it was a little different, you know, student athlete, obviously. And I really appreciate how hard those guys and all the teams I've ever been around, you saw no team has ever played as hard as the Caltech teams I had. Obviously, in two years, we only won one game, but that one game was the first game that that school had won in 10 years. So I really appreciate the, the effort that those student-athletes gave at Caltech every day. The difference was, you know, here at D1, sometimes you deal with the, let's just call it what it is, the prima donnas who think they should get drafted. They're going to get drafted. They don't always want to put in the effort or work as hard as they should. At Caltech, they were just so happy to be able to play baseball and have that opportunity that every day that we practiced and played, they laid it on the field. Not easy doing that when you're down 20 to 2. Trust me. We've had a couple 22 games at Riverside, and I promise you, our players didn't play as hard as they did at Caltech. At Caltech, at 20 to 2, they were still busting it. So I appreciated how hard they worked and how much they gave, knowing what they really were there for, which we, you know, at all levels, you're there for the academics. That's why you're a student athlete, but it was completely different at Caltech. We're not one of them were ever going to go play professionally baseball. They were there for school. Uh, I appreciate the effort that those guys gave day in and day out.
0: How did you come about your association with Coach Percival?
1: So when I was actually at, so after Caltech I was fortunate enough to get a job at St. Catherine College. The reason I got that job is I actually uh, was talking to Mike Scalinos and gave him some recruits that I had from high school days and I was out recruiting. And one of my former assistant coaches, Ralph Haraldez, that I had was assistant of mine at Valley View, ended up working for Coach Percival at Mobile, Marino Valley High School, and being his J D coach. So that we gotta to talk to each uh, you know, when I was introduced to him through Ralph Haraldez and then I just started recruiting some of his players. And I'd always show up and obviously have a ton of respect for Coach Percival. I knew who he was and what he did. In his career, we started asking about players. He'd be like, J.J., you've got to look at this guy. No, he ain't the biggest and strong, but this guy can get people out. And I just kept showing up and showing up watching this guy. He goes, why do you keep showing up watching these guys? I'm like, man, you keep selling me on them. I, these are the guys that can play at my level, and this is what I'm looking for. So we just kind of built that relationship up uh, that way. And then it, it was a crazy story. I was actually getting ready. I told my wife I'm getting ready to go recruit in San Diego because I was at St. Catherine and was getting ready to leave. And I had talked to Coach Percival about it. I had heard he possibly was going to apply for this job, and he goes, no, I don't think I'm going to. And I get a text from him out of the blue on a Saturday saying, want to be my dobo? And I was like, what is a dobo? (laughs) And he had to try to explain to me, director of baseball operations. I'm like, well, what does that person do? I've never heard of that. And he's like, hey, come over to my house. We'll hang out. You'll meet the coaches. Let's just see if it's something you might want to do. If not, you'll just hang out. We'll BS and have dinner. So, I went over, and the rest is history.
0: You know, it's interesting. That Dobo position has been very, very fruitful. You know, you got Hairgrove over at Washington State. you got, uh, I guess his assistant was Thomas Walker. He's now at San Jose State. And our guy, Jared Morton, just apparently got a job over at Evansville. He was at Mount SAC, and now he's going to be the pitching coach at Evansville. So a very fruitful position. You know, they talk about the coaching trees. There's four guys who've been Dobos for Troy Percival are all coaching at the D1 level now.
1: Yeah, his tree's is uh, growing quickly. Super excited for all of those guys. You know, we'll open with T-Hair. Uh, Thomas is doing a great job at San Jose State. And then, like you said about Jared, went over to San Jacinto and now got the, the job at um, Evansville. Super excited for him and his opportunity. I actually told him that we need to get him on the schedule now so he can come back to some warm weather and start setting up uh, us playing against them. So, yeah, Troy's done a great job. Again, I think what it does is just show you not only – how great of a man Troy is, but how great of a job he's done with developing coaches and and getting us in the position where we love baseball so much because of being around him that we want to have opportunities and stay in this game. And we, you know, all of us, I, I can speak for those three as well. We can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for our career.
0: Uh, give me a final thought, Coach. I appreciate you taking some time with me, Justin Johnson, the new head coach at UC Riverside, a familiar face and. You know, I, I always appreciated that I could bug you before a game, you give me the skinny and the rundown. Hopefully I know you have some other duties now, but hopefully we can still uh I'll come a little earlier. We'll do some recon earlier this year. Uh, hopefully once the games get going. I always appreciated our conversations, but give me some final thoughts for you first in terms of taking the job and like where you hope to take Riverside in the next, you know, next couple of years. I definitely think a a regional berth is within the sights, but you got a real tough league obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have one of the better conferences in the country. We'll put our conference up against anybody. I know all of our teams feel that way. Uh, You know, the Pac-12 is great, and the SEC and ACC get a lot of love in the Big Ten. But, you know, we'll put the Big West up against anybody, and I think we've proven that putting four uh, teams in the College World Series in the last five years, not counting, obviously, last year as a season. So it's definitely a tough conference. But at, at Riverside, you know, our goals are what they were when Coach Percival was here. Nothing has changed. We, we want to change that baseball and put up a new one that says Big West champions. If that's not your goal to be a, a Big West champion, you, you shouldn't be doing this job. You know, I took this job as I know coach Percival did to get us to that level where we do go to regionals and often, you know, we don't want to just do it one time. We want to do it and start winning, you know, and get that culture around here that winning is going to be the norm, not, Hey, wow, that was unexpected. And we definitely want to, put it out there that we want to be Big West champions. We're striving for that every single day. If we're not playing for that, we shouldn't be playing. So um, it it is a tough conference, uh, but somebody's got to win it, and it might as well be UC Riverside. We're going to do everything we can, recruiting, working hard uh, on the field, and our players working on the field and in the weight room to to accomplish that goal.
0: Well, Coach, congratulations, obviously, on the position and, and the best of luck, and hopefully, cross the fingers, we'll have baseball on February 19th. And baseball, at least in 2021, for you guys, and uh, you'll be able to kind of apply your craft in that dugout. Thank you, thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Gasol. I appreciate it. I know you said that um, we've always had good talks, and those will continue. I'm just like Coach Percival. I can't after you follow Coach Percival, I, I guess you probably can't as easy say that hey, you're an open book because he really was an open book. Yeah, and I, I feel I'm a pretty open book, so uh, we're not trying to hide anything here. I'm always honest with you, with you, and I appreciate. Uh, you covering us and and, you know giving us the best light we possibly can on UC Riverside appreciate everything and hopefully that we will be able to play baseball and go Highlanders
0: Justin Johnson